This is the Black and Blue Report presented by ABC Insurance Agencies, a better choice for insurance. Now from Studio B or wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Hi, everybody. Welcome into the Black and Blue Report podcast. It's for you, Saints and Pelicans fans, and we're excited to be back with you here on this Thursday from Studio B on Airline Drive, also known as Daniel's office. Yes. And Daniel's here today. Everyone's always in my office. That's because it's Studio B. I know. It's a studio. No privacy for me. No. But you're, you're a man of the people. That's why I'm tucked away in this hallway that no one comes by. My office is right next door. That's why we're tucked away. And I kind of <laughs> like it that way. I do too. I also don't like the fact that there's king cake in the break room on this Thursday morning. Is Mardi Gras not over? I know. And I'm trying to, you know, after all what I've eaten the last few weeks that I don't need any more king cake. No. But there was king cake in the break room this morning. Maybe it was to celebrate a Pelican's win. Probably. Okay. Uh, that is good news to talk about as we uh, kind of get going on this Thursday. We've got a lot to go through. Today, obviously, the Pelicans win last night, shorthanded, do it over the Detroit Pistons, who had been playing very well. We'll talk about that here in just a second, but of course, the NFL Combine fires up in earnest today. We'll have our first check-in with John DeShazer from NewOrleansSaints.com up in Indianapolis. Uh, you talked to John earlier. He's already whining about the cold. I know. What a wimp. I know. But he'll be up there for a couple days. He's got a busy day ahead of him today, and of course, he will be uh, checking in and kind of setting the scene for us. Uh, as well. Anything we should ask him today, in, in fact? I'm not sure. I, I, I think we should probably ask him about the importance of certain things at the Combine, like the interviews or, you know, the 40 or the drills. Like, what is important to teams? Because I think that has changed over the years. I think more of the interviews are the primary focus for these teams, but a lot of people are fascinated with the, the 40 and how much they weigh and how much uh, how many weights they can lift and things like that. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I think there are I think it's a way to gain all the measurables, but I think some of it is overwhelming. Uh-huh. Um, 300-some players. Uh, I'm glad John's there. It would be hard for me to get my arms around it. And it would probably take me, like John, a couple of years to kind of get used to covering something like that with all those moving parts. But um, that'll be a good conversation to have. I, I, I didn't think the Pelicans – I thought the Pelicans had a chance at winning last night. I, I do that this team – I think now this team has that chance of winning any given night. I didn't see them getting up by 25, Daniel. No, I didn't either, and it, it looked good early, and then it kind of slipped a little bit, and then you had the Drummond situation in the third, and that might have been the turning point a little bit. They were up six at the time, a minute 24 left in the third, and then they outscored them, I think, by 17 or 18 after that, and I, I think the biggest reason was the, the rebounding. The rebounding kind of went to Detroit's favor early, and then after Drummond went out, I think it was it – was, Picking time for the Pelicans, I think they really took advantage of that. That's crazy. A week ago, I was all excited about DeMarcus Cousins versus Andre Drummond. Um, and, of course, then we didn't see Cousins at all. And then Drummond gets kicked out of the game in the third quarter. So It was a weird game. At the end of the day, we didn't get either of them. So. And then you had Detroit, who uh, set an NBA record for worst free throw percentage, hitting or minimum of 10 attempts, 3 of 17, they were also 3 of 23 from beyond the arc, so they had the same amount of free throws as they did three balls. But at the same time, they didn't get their first turnover until midway through the third quarter. So right. it was just a very weird game. So it was an NBA record, though. It was an NBA record, 3 of 17. It was also a franchise record for an opponent as far as free throws made in a game. So three tied the franchise right. record. I knew that was close. You know what? I actually heard you say that on Pelicans OT last night. By the way, nice job. Oh, thank you. Yeah. 
Um, because I think when we left the air, at least for the game portion of the broadcast, we didn't know. We thought it had to be in contention for an NBA record. Right. But because uh, there's teams that go like 0 for 2 or 0 for 3 and, you know, just don't go to the free throw line. But right. Last night, I mean, Andre Drummond contributed the most to that being one of 10 from the foul line. Well, this is true. But at the end of the day, it was still an NBA record. It's not a charity a stripe for him, as they like to call it. No, um, and I think that you had mentioned uh, in my headset at one point last night that he was four for his last 26 and then made it worse as the night went on. Yeah. It's so just, it wasn't just last night. I feel like us can go go on the court and make four of 25 free throws. I can. Even I running I can. a lot. Like being tired and going to the line, I think I could do it. Which is crazy that some of these guys, I know there's big men that are not known for their shooting, but... At some point, you think you can make at least half your free throws, which I don't think Drummond even does anymore. No, but I can also can't do 40 NBA double-doubles in a season. I can't. No. Yeah, then let's just be real about this. I Drew Holiday was fantastic last night, 22 points on 10 of 18 shooting. Uh, he took one more shot than Anthony Davis. I didn't realize that till I looked again at the box score today. And uh, we had the conversation with Coach uh, last night before the game. Coach even talked to the media about it. Um, Drew talked to us about it afterwards that they needed Drew – to be more aggressive, more of a, I don't want to say selfish, more but, of the, the, the all-around guard that he is that we did not see in the first three games since the trade deadline. I think they were just, like you said, I think part of it was also being selfish, but I think it was letting the game come to him a little bit because I felt like his goal was, which he was being unselfish, just saying, I got to get the ball to Boogie, I got to get the ball to AD, and that's my main focus. But at the same time, you I mean – he needs to get his own shots, too. And there's going to be times where he's going to be open with the double teaming of AD and Boogie. And I feel like and it wasn't just him. I mean, we saw the first four possessions. There are three turnovers last night where they were still trying to force the ball inside. If it's not there, it's not there. And I think you saw, even though Cousins was on the floor last night, I think it was a good game for Drew to kind of be himself again so that maybe when Cousins comes back, Drew's a little more comfortable with the situation. I, I agree. I agree. Ajinsa was big off the bench. Um, I don't want to ignore uh, his contributions last night. Ten points, eight rebounds, three block shots, um, which were key in the first half. And then ho-hum, Anthony Davis, 33-14. and 14, uh, Pretty incredible. So the Pelicans get a win, their first since the All-Star break, and now head into a very difficult weekend that sees a home game on Friday against the Spurs, which Daniel and Victor Howell will have. And then on Sunday, it's a road game at the Lakers. Um, and then Monday, a very difficult game at Utah. Yeah, so, I think the window is, uh, we talked about it off air, that the window is, is sort of closing a little bit just because of how many games are left, and you're four games back of Denver, and there's also four other teams in front of you besides Denver, so that's five teams you have to jump, and the, the I guess the saving grace is you play Denver three more times uh, before the season ends. You have Portland twice, you have Dallas once, you have Sacramento once, all teams in front of you, so if you can just stay around this, two three game back bubble there there's still a chance but the the margin of error is pretty slim i agree but and but i'm hanging on to one thing in particular and i hope i'm not wrong when i make this statement but i want to say that two years ago with 10 games to go they were three out and yeah. made it on the last night of the regular season yeah so there were people counting us out in january after we got back from a road trip and we were only two and a half back and it was over with so i'm not yeah. saying we're out uh, by any means you just have to take care of one, you have to put some wins together. We've only had four winning streaks this whole season. So you need to put some wins together. And in the schedule, the Pelicans have, I think, the fourth toughest schedule the rest Ninth. of the way. Ninth, Ninth toughest. Okay. Yeah. Ninth toughest. Yep. Either way, though, very tough schedule, and it 
doesn't get any easier Friday against the Spurs. No doubt. All right, let's just talk about last night, and uh, and we'll do so with Anthony Davis, Andrew Holiday coming up during our podcast today. Uh, Daniel is hosting Alvin Gentry's show tonight. We'll talk about that before we get out of here. So we've got uh, we've got the the reaction from the two players from last night's game, and our visit with John DeShazer, which we'll do here in just a moment. Go get Daniel. Uh, go get JD on the line. Daniel, inspire him. I'm on it. All right. Off we go to Indianapolis after this first time out on today's Black and Blue Report. We all know Saints fans are humble, hardworking, likable, and the most devoted fans in the league. All of that takes energy. The energy you get from a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Saints fans everywhere. Try the delicious Chunky Chicken and Sausage Gumbo. Just visit your local supermarket and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup. The hearty way to fuel your game and the official soup of the New Orleans Saints. Win the night for the entire family with a Pierre's Party Pack. Ticket packages are available for select Pelicans home games throughout the season and include three or more tickets, combo meals, and an encore free throw experience with Pierre the Pelican, all for as low as $48. The next Pierre's Party Pack night is Friday, March 3rd against the San Antonio Spurs. For more information and to plan your next winning night out with the gang, visit pelicans.com today. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Sean Kelly and John DeShazer. The NFL Combine is now in full swing, and we bring in John DeShazer from NewOrleansSaints.com. He is one of our conversations today on the Black and Blue Report. We'll hear from John today and tomorrow. Lots going on, and JD, it's uh, it's become an annual thing for you. How many combines for you now overall? Whether it be with NewOrleansSaints.com or your days at the Times Picayune. I guess this is probably four or five, but I mean it's it's kind of got a Groundhog Day feel to it. I mean, once you've seen one, it's one of those things where you know you can pretty much uh, figure out the rest from there. I mean, because it's all the same. I mean, it it hadn't changed as far as I can tell. What have you changed, though, about the way that you go about the combine? Have you gotten better at covering it? I know that seems like a weird question, but I'm just curious. Well, you focus on different things. I mean, you, you can't focus on the overall because there's so many players here. I think, you know, maybe 330, 340, somewhere in there. So, you know, you just focus on certain position groups uh, according to what might be the in the best interest of your team. And uh, the, the main thing about the combine, you know, is, is now – is the opportunity for franchises, for teams to talk to the underclassmen who are eligible. You can't get those guys at the senior bowl. So, yeah, they get a lot of work done at the senior bowl, but those are, you know, obviously senior players, and you don't get a chance to talk to the draft-eligible junior players. So you get a chance to do that here. And so, you know, the quarterbacks and the DBs and the D linemen who are juniors who are probably going to be top 10, top 20, top 30 picks, you get a chance to, uh, to finally see them and, and have them say something. In fact, um, you know, LSU running back Leonard Fournette's going to be on deck with the interview process with the media today. Now, they already probably had talked to, to certain teams, but they'll be uh, interviewing with the media now. Well, you couldn't talk to him in Mobile at the Senior Bowl because he ain't a senior. So those are the things that you kind of look forward to just to see what guys have to say. We've already seen that you know Fournette weighed in at like 240 pounds, which is a huge piece of man. I mean, that's humongous for a running back, but you know, and I would imagine by the time his pro day runs around, or or not, because he says he's going to do everything here at the combine. Now, a lot of times guys will say that and not do it, but he says he's going to run, he's going to lift, he's going to do all the drills here at the combine. We'll see. 
because a lot of guys want to make sure that they're in tip-top physical condition for their pro day when everything is you know absolutely perfect in terms of weight and drills and all that kind of stuff. So we'll see how it goes, but. You, you know, those are the guys that you look forward to seeing because you haven't had a chance to see them. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But here's the thing that I'm trying to figure out about those things, whether it be the conversation slash interviews or, as Fournette said, I'm going to do everything, which would be the lifting and the running and the drills and everything else. John, can you rank in some way the importance of the different facets of the combine? Which things are most important to the teams and the players right now? I think the most important thing is the interview process where they'll see, they'll get a quick glimpse of a guy's football IQ. They'll put something on the board, okay, you tell us what this is, or you fill out this play, or you draw up a play that you guys ran, that kind of thing. Because really, the film by now and the scouting has told you uh, as much as you need to know about a guy on the field. You ain't going to learn a whole lot about him here at the combine. If a guy comes in, and he is a 4-5 guy, but he runs a 4-6-2, that's not going to sway you a whole lot uh, in terms of his draft position. I, I don't think, you know, every now and again, you know, you'll get a, a workout warrior come to the combine and kind of boost his stock. But for the most part, it's the film process that really dictates. But a lot of it, too, you know, you want to just see how intelligent a guy is, how he handles himself in an interview process. You know, is he nervous? You know, does he understand, you know, you know, you know, where the X's and O's are and what he's supposed to be doing. You know, for running backs, it ain't just, you know, what hole you're supposed to hit, but, you know, who are you supposed to pick up in this blitz game? You know, why did you pick up that guy? That kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So you get a gauge of a guy's intelligence, although a small snippet, but, you know, you do get a gauge of a guy's intelligence and his capacity to hopefully learn during the interview process. So let's, let's, let's be honest about one thing, or try to be, I guess. Is some of this stuff that we're going to see over the next couple of days simply made for television, John? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the 40, the 40, the 40 is the, the quintessential made-for-TV event because, you know, let's face it, a guy could run a 4-2-40, but if he's got, you know, five catches or 15 catches over three years in college, what good does that do him? Is that going to make him a first-round draft pick? You know, a guy who doesn't get his hands on the ball, but he runs really fast? Probably not. So, I mean, I think that's the that's the main thing is, is the 40 time. That's made for TV, you know, and the weigh-ins and all that stuff. That's sexy, you know, when, you know, a guy is listed at 6'3", but he comes in at six foot, you know, and five, eight quarters and that kind of stuff. You know, all that stuff is kind of made for TV because, you know, a lot of it comes down to can the guy play? What do we see on film? How does he perform? If, if Leonard Fournette comes out here, and heaven forbid, but say he runs and he runs a 4'7", well, we've seen Leonard Fournette on a college football field in shape running around people and through people and doing it with a lot of speed. That's not going to affect his draft status. And then he can always go to his pro day and run a better time, and everybody say, okay, well, that's the guy that we're, we're expecting to see. But the 40 is just a sexy thing. You know, you're always talking about what a guy runs in the 40, what he runs in the 40. And, you know, I've always gone by, you know, does the guy get caught on film? Does he get caught from behind? Well, he's got functional football speed because 40 speed – out of pad is one thing, but putting on the pad and having some elusiveness and having the ability to not be caught from behind means a whole lot more. I agree. I agree. Why do we have to have pro days and the combine? Well, because a lot of guys want to work out on the most the most pristine conditions. And the beauty of it is, you know, you still get you get a double interview process, you know, for a player. So he can come here, and he might not necessarily be in shape. He might not even weigh and measure here. He might just come here and do the interviews. 
and then he gets to his pro day and he's throwing to the receivers that he's been throwing to for four years or he's catching passes from the quarterback that he's been catching passes for for, for three years or, you know, he's got a chance to build up his reps, you know, in terms of uh, the bench press, you know, that 225 and he might not be as strong as he wants to be here or he might be battling a nagging injury that might be cleared up by the time he gets to his pro day. So there are a lot of reasons to wait until your pro day. If I was a top prospect, there's no way in heaven's name I would come to Indianapolis and do anything because <laughs> everything here is basically just for you to be, you know, dissected and, you know, you can't really help yourself. And then you go to your pro day and you do exactly what people think and they think you're the best thing since sliced bread. I remember specifically Jamarcus Russell did not do anything. He, he went to LSU's pro day. He threw a little bit, and he was the consensus by far, in a way, number one overall pick. Now, we know how that worked out. It didn't work out so well. But a lot of guys can get away with it. If you're a top prospect, there's nothing to be gained from working out here. Mm. You've been around the uh, Mickey Loomis, Sean May- Payton process now uh, long enough, John, for me to ask you, uh, perhaps if there's something very characteristic about their way of doing things, what would you say about well, that? Well, I, I think that you know they they've saying you know uh, quote unquote Saints player. They want guys who are smart and tough, and you hear all that. But really, a lot of it deals with how smart a guy is. Because you know when you get to this level, you get to this point, you get an, an invitation here. You've got some talent. Okay, these aren't bums that they're inviting here. How smart are you? How can how fast can you learn? Because processing information on the fly is the biggest thing with football now. I mean, you got to be able to process it, and you got to be able to spit it out in terms of your body reacting to it and making a play. If you're out there thinking, you always have stepped too slow. And I think we saw that, unfortunately, at times last year from Stephon Anthony, the linebacker for the Saints, who was a rookie uh, the previous year and was a standout. But then last year they moved him to strong side linebacker, and he basically couldn't get on the field. And I think a lot of that had to do with Stefan, unfortunately, not being able to process the information quite quickly enough to where he could react and be effective on the field. So I think they want guys who are smart, who can process the information really quickly, because the faster you can process it, the faster you can react to it. And then it all becomes natural because now he gets the repetition. And uh, I think those are the guys they're looking for. And obviously you need some, you know, you need some savages, man. You need somebody out there who, who is willing to, to put a hurt on people because football is a, is a sport about hurting people. So you need to have some of those guys on your roster. But, you know, if that guy who can apply the hurt isn't smart enough to be able to apply the hurt, then he doesn't do you a lot of good. I don't want to waste your time here because I think this is pretty well documented as far as what the Saints might be looking for, their needs this offseason. But I will ask you this is as the combine and free agency kind of com- collide here and we really dig into this process, John, is there any way for you to tell – right now, what needs would probably be better suited uh, for free agency purposes and what would be, I guess, something they'd be looking at more so from a combine-slash-draft purpose? Well, I think the, I think the, the free agency process is probably going to be more supplemental for the Saints. From this standpoint, you'll probably be able to draft. Like, they need a rush in. They need a guy who can apply some pressure. And they need uh, a corner. They need some DBs you know, safety and probably corner. Well, you might be able to better get top-flight guys or better guys in the draft because this is a deep draft at those positions that you can get in free agency because the guys you would want in free agency as top as, as front-line guys are probably already off the market either as franchise players or as players that, you know, teams have already re-signed and that kind of stuff. So 
it's tough to get a top top flight guy in free agency nowadays. Teams just don't let those guys get to free agency anymore. They lock them up before they can get there. So I believe in the draft, the Saints probably feel like they can get a defensive end. They feel like they can get some, some safety help or some secondary help, and then maybe supplement it in free agency. Now, free agency comes first, of course, but you won't be able to get, you know, a top top line guy. And, you know, at the, I don't want to, you know, be accused of tampering, but you're not going to be able to get a J.J. Watt. If, he, if J.J. Watt were for free agency, he'd never get to the market. So you can't get a guy like that to, to play defensive end for you. So you got to be able to try to find that guy in the draft. But can you find a guy who can help in depth at that area? Of course you can. You can probably find some of those guys in free agency. But if you're looking for a star, a stud, you're going to have to get that guy out of the draft because he won't make it to the free agent market. John DeShazer from NewOrleansSaints.com with us here from the Combine in Indianapolis. John, what's your schedule like today? What will we see from you later today, perhaps, on NewOrleansSaints.com? Well, the players begin interviewing here in a little bit, so we'll hopefully get some interviews done with our Leonard Fournette and, you know, the key LSU guy offensively anyway. And, you know, today's an offensive day, so we'll get running backs, offensive linemen, and they'll do their interview process today. Uh, tomorrow will be quarterbacks and receivers. And, unfortunately, when we're leaving town Saturday and Sunday, the defensive guys will be on deck for their media interviews on Saturday and Sunday, and that will be the defensive linemen and the DBs, and those guys will be up. And really, those are the guys that, you know, I think for a Saints fan, you probably want to pay as much attention or more uh, to those guys because it looks like that's the strength of the draft, number one. Two, the Saints are in need of guys at those positions. So those might be the guys to focus on more so than the offensive guys. Like I said, it'll just be interesting to see the offensive guys just to be able to see Leonard Fournette. Hadn't seen him in person in quite some time. Um, Saw that he weighed in at 240 pounds, which – you know, most people probably think he's a little bit thick for a running back. He probably should be around 225, 227, somewhere in there. But, you know, he's a guy who I think is about 6'2", so he might be able to carry it well, but just don't know if you can carry that long term. And, you know, a lot of guys, I think, make the mistake of thinking you need to bulk up to play in the NFL uh, to be able to take the punishment. And, you know, the fact of the matter is in the NFL, it's different than playing against uh, Vandy and Mississippi State. Everybody in the NFL can run. So you're going to take some hits. So what you want to be able to do is elude those hits more so than try to run through them all the time because guys with that running style usually don't last a whole lot. But Leonard Fournette's a, a rare combination of size and speed. So looking forward to just seeing him hear and talk. He probably won't be on the draft board by the time the Saints pick at 11. It doesn't really matter. It's just an opportunity to hear a kid from New Orleans who's going to be drafted really high just to hear what he's got to say. Yeah, good stuff, good stuff. It's actually kind of nice to talk some football, albeit combine football, but – Nonetheless, football. <laughs> Stay warm, John DeShazer. I know it's not so warm up there these days. Dude, it's supposed to snow here tonight. And I <laughs> so it was like 80 when we left yesterday, and it's supposed to snow here tonight. So, you know, one extreme to the other. There'll be a cold beer in a warm place somewhere, I have a feeling, though, John. Uh, always. Always for me. Good man. Good man. John, thank you very much. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. All right, you do. All right. John DeShazer from NewOrleansSaints.com. Of course, he missed out on the Pelicans win last night, which we'll talk about in a little bit here on the Black and Blue Report. Are you ready for a new challenge? Set your goal and go for it with the Smoothie King Change a Meal Challenge. Just change one meal a day with over 20 delicious meal replacement smoothies, all under 400 calories per 20-ounce cup, and sip your way to your goal weight. 
with flavors like pineapple mango, strawberry blueberry, dark chocolate banana, and more. It's easier than ever to reach for your goal. Take the Change a Meal Challenge, only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Take the challenge as part of a low-calorie diet and daily exercise program. Weight loss depends on individual needs. It's time to win the night with family and friends with your New Orleans Pelicans. New season ticket holders coming on board for the 2017-18 season will get their next three games on us, including free beer and pre-game warm-up access with the team. This offer is only good through March 3rd, so call 504-525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com today and win the night. We're talking Pelicans basketball on the Black and Blue Report. Let's turn our attention back to last night's win for the Pelicans over the Pistons. That final again was 109-86. Anthony Davis led the way. I think he has now led the Pelicans in scoring 48 times this season. 33 points, 14 rebounds, and here is Mr. Davis after the ball game in the winning locker room. You hate to have Boogie out of the game, but do you think like an effort like tonight kind of Raise the other guy's confidence to know when he comes back, they can hit shots, they can make plays. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of guys, like I said, stepped up and made shots. Um, just got to carry it over to Friday's game um, when he's back. Um, of course, it's going to be a, a, a different, you know. Um, but we just got to find a way to do it, you know, with or without him, you know, and uh, more times with him because he's going to be playing. So, um, you know, he, he brings a, a different look to our team. But um, we just need everybody to play the same way they play tonight. How good was it to see Drew in more of an attack mode, something Coach Gentry says he's been trying to get out of him a little bit more? Yeah, um, you know, Drew is Drew. Um, played well for us tonight, and that's what we need from him. Um, and I like the first shot he took, even though he missed it. I like that he came out with aggressive. Um, and then he kind of just took over you know, in the little fourth quarter like, when the stretch. I think he probably had like seven straight or something like that. So you know, that's how we need him to be. Hey, I'm glad to see they get a confidence back tonight. Is there something about the Pistons that every game seems like you're liable to go off or much more? Uh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, don't know. I just go out there and play hard. Um, I guess they get a lot of opportunities. Did you sense a different kind of mood from Drew entering this game? Did, I mean, you know, you mentioned yeah. the first shot there, but his stats weren't great in the first half. Did you notice a little more persistence, a little bit more aggressiveness from him? Yeah, um, and he told me um, before the game, you know, he walked up to him and said, um, he said, uh, I got you tonight. So, um, cool. Um, he went out, was out there and being aggressive, so um, that's what we're going to need from him. And to see Tim kind of do what he did there and, and yeah, get, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> get a little scrap and, and I don't want to say Tim got scrappy, but you know, he, uh, I was there to help him. You know? <laughs> 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 uh, but you know, he, um, I mean, Tim, he's tough, man. You know, he's not gonna back down from anybody. You know, uh, he loves getting basketball. He's passionate about it. Doing someone, you know, court through something like that, you know. Hothead, so you got to make sure that you know, he don't, you know, we don't lose him. I mean, because he come in and play well for us, you know, um, off that bench run that second unit, so we're going to definitely need him. It seemed like you guys communicated a lot on defense tonight. Um, was, was that something that you've talked about in practice to be more vocal? Yeah, uh, especially because uh, uh, Contavious um, was like 40 last time we played him, so uh, that was definitely one of our main focuses, and then. You know, watched them last night. Of course, uh, Morris uh, went off last night. Um, but I, I think our main focus is going and running. They went to overtime, got in late. So we just wanted to make sure that we got out and ran. 
Was there a, was there a sense from some of the other guys that they, they wanted to step up more in, in the absence of DeMarcus? Um, I think the guys just came out and played. You know, um, of course, everybody knows that they had to step up. Um, and no one said, okay, we need to step up. You know, um, the guys just know it. You know, they've been in this game long enough where some nobody go out, they have to step up. And, you know, you know, they took it upon themselves to go out there and play. How much do you think uh, what you guys did on offense tonight you can carry over once Cousins come back? Yeah, um, I say everybody just needs to stay aggressive. Um, you know, whether he's on the floor or not, you know, we need everybody to play like that. Um, we'll be fine. Um, you know, when you get shots, don't hesitate to shoot. You know, don't look to force feed it. You know, just go out there and play. Um, and we did that tonight. We're going to do that Friday. We also talked about Drew Holiday's uh, kind of re-breakout last night, or I guess play more like Drew Knight. <laughs> he was our guest on uh, the Pelicans Radio Network immediately following the game as our Sachs Fifth Avenue MVP of the game. Drew Holiday with 22 points, four rebounds, five assists on 10 of 18 shooting. Drew Holiday has joined us courtside. Congratulations, Drew. Nice work tonight. Yeah, man. Needed this one. Really, really needed this Yeah, one. I know you guys have been trying to figure this out. And, uh, and this was not going to be an easy opponent to try and do it against. What what changed tonight? What worked better? Um, I think we got a lot of ball movement. Obviously, AD started off and had, what, 15 points in the first. Um, I guess he usually does that, but <laughs> I think it was the energy. Uh, obviously, being at home, having home court definitely helps us. And uh, really just being desperate for a win. And, Drew, you were more aggressive tonight. Was that by design? Um, man, I've, I've just been trying to. Um, obviously, before I was trying to pick and choose, like, Good, good times to, sh- to shoot it, like good shots and, and not kind of forced shots. But today I got into a rhythm and I had a couple heat checks and they went in and, and from there, you know, just kind of uh, pushed the tempo. Um, I, had, I think I had like six points in the first half, but uh, I know they needed me in the second half, so I tried to be aggressive. Uh, Alvin Gentry told me before the game, Drew, that he said, he said, I need Drew to be more like Drew. Is this the kind of game that would say this is more like Drew Holiday? Yeah, he, uh, he, showed, some, he showed some clips. And uh, before the game, to showing Drew being Drew. So uh, don't tell him, but that was a little motivating. Okay. I, I won't tell him. That's that's between you and your coach. Right. Uh, absolutely. Uh, Drew, otherwise tonight there were, there were a couple of key moments in the game. There was a good run at the end of the first quarter. But then the way you guys started the second half, um, can, you, can you walk me through the start to the third quarter? Um, really, man, it was just energy. Uh, we knew that if we came out, Fighting came out hard. Uh, obviously, they would kind of fold, and, and they did. I mean, they played yesterday, and, and hard-fought game, but we know we obviously had a couple of days off, and, and we had the energy, and uh, if we if we push the lead, we can we can really embrace the their run, and that's what we did, and then pushed it up toward the end. So. Alexia Zinsa played a role tonight, Drew. Oh, yeah, he played great. Yeah, how did the floor change when he came in? Spaces the floor, um, knocks it knock, knocks down his shot right there in the, uh, in the, in the mid post and in the short corner. Um, did a great job with uh, with uh, Andre Drummond. Uh, unfortunately, he got kicked out, but um, did a great, great job fighting, man. Uh, he's a low down there. I, I'm not a big, so I, I'm not trying to fight with DeAndre, but Lexi had to, and he did a great job. Yeah, no doubt. One more thing, Drew, and that's this. I, I, I've kind of had this feeling since the All-Star break and the changes made that you guys just needed one game perhaps like this to kind of break it open. Would, would this be a game that could do that for you guys heading into the weekend? For sure. Um, needed a win. We got another good team coming in here. We have to go back to the drawing board tomorrow, have San Antonio, who obviously executes, um, plays hard all the time, uh, never gives up, 1 through 15. So, uh, you know, we 
same thing we did tonight. We got to do that tomorrow night or Friday night. Drew, great job tonight. I always enjoy our visits. Thank you very much. Thanks, man. You got it. All right, Drew Holiday also has a uh, big plan for tomorrow night. The Pelicans will host the Spurs nationally televised game on ESPN at 8:30. Otherwise, coverage on the Pelicans radio network. And uh, Drew Holiday has to uh, decided to uh, put um, some money forth here for our tornado victims in the New Orleans area. So all those relief efforts are ongoing. And so Drew Holiday tomorrow night is going to uh, donate, he's pledged, I should say, $1,000 per point and assist. So if you just take last night, that would be $27,000. So we want Drew to have a big night tomorrow night (laughs) for a couple of reasons. Um, but this, I think, is I think this is fantastic. So, Drew is uh, working in conjunction with the Greater New Orleans Foundation um, in you know in tomorrow night's efforts, and I think this is this is fantastic. This this is a really a step up job by Drew Holiday. Pleased to get this news last night, and uh, we'll be tracking that. Daniel will be doing so tomorrow night. Um, maybe instead of saying uh, Drew Holiday has 18 points, maybe just say Drew Holiday 18,000 dollars. And five assists or six assists against the Spurs, you get my drift. Let's hope it's you know north of twenty-five thousand tomorrow night. Points and rebounds combined, our points and assists combined, and a win. That'd be good stuff. Daniel's back in a moment. We'll talk about tonight's Alvin Gentry show after this. Auctioner believes the best way to predict the future is to invent it. Here, our doctors and staff are changing lives day after day. Every week, I'm operating on babies who are days old with hearts smaller than walnuts. We're giving these kids a life they wouldn't otherwise have, a chance to grow up. Sometimes, cancer patients come who were told they were out of options. But Auctioner has the most clinical trials in the state. It's amazing to be able to give second chances. We're always a step ahead, even with simple things like getting you in to see a doctor today versus a week from now, so what you have doesn't become something bigger. It makes a difference. Every day, Auctioner is creating a better future by looking forward and thinking differently to find life-changing solutions. That's healthcare with peace of mind. Appointments are available today. Call 866-AUCTIONER or visit auctioner.org. We all know Saints fans are humble, hardworking, likable, and the most devoted fans in the league. All of that takes energy. The energy you get from a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Saints fans everywhere. Try the delicious Chunky Chicken and Sausage Gumbo. Just visit your local Winn-Dixie and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup. The hearty way to fuel your game. And the official soup of the New Orleans Saints. You're at a dinner party. You're seated next to a loudmouth. Plus, there's no bread. Why is there no bread? Myrtle the Family Chow Chow seems very interested in you. But you're allergic to Myrtle and you left your inhaler at home. But it doesn't have to be this way. Win the night with the New Orleans Pelicans facing off against the San Antonio Spurs Friday, March 3rd. Do Friday right with 80s night at the Smoothie King Center. Visit pelicans.com for tickets and win the night. Want to listen to the Black and Blue Report on your phone? Download the Saints and Pelicans app today. All right, Daniel Salerson, Sean Kelly back in the studio. Be ready to wrap up a Thursday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Brian Cassie will be hosting tomorrow. We'll hear again from John DeShazer. 
uh, covering the NFL Combine, Scouting Combine for NewOrleansSaints.com. And uh, we'll play back uh, a visit that I'm to have today with Dave Pash. Uh, he, of course, is an ESPN play-by-play announcer covering college basketball, college football, and the NBA. He's also the radio voice of the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, but for our purposes, he is calling the game uh, tomorrow night at the Smoothie King Center uh, for ESPN. So he will have the national broadcast. Good to talk to Dave again. Might even ask him about his college basketball broadcast with Bill Walton, which have now <laughs> garnered some attention. Do you Just, like that style? It's interesting. Um, I don't know about the style of him taking his shirt off during during the broadcast, but, I mean, Bill Walton's very laid back. If, if you're going in for basketball content, it might not be the place to go, but for entertainment purposes, I like it. Yeah, I my my only contact ever with Bill Walton was when the Hornets were in Oklahoma City after Hurricane Katrina. And fairly soon after we had relocated, they started bringing in some folks uh, from around the NBA, basketball luminaries, uh, to, to kind of hype, hype things up as if it needed it. It really didn't. But Bill Walton came to town. And so we wanted to do an interview with him for the radio network. I had to follow him around for over an hour while he kind of just whimsically went from one thing to the other, never wanting to really sit down and finally talk. And then when we did, I think I had to, I think I had to, to do a four minute interview and I asked two questions and it was like 12 minutes long. Yeah. Seriously. That makes sense though for Bill Walton. Yes. Doesn't surprise me. It was entertaining and frustrating um, and memorable all at the same time. You it just, really was. You don't know what you're getting with Bill Walton. No. Which is, which is kind of fun when you're watching a broadcast. Yes. yes. And I think Dave's the same way. You don't, I don't think he knows what he's going to get. And he's done a great job of just rolling with it. So He's a sport. I think I'll ask him about that today. Should. When we visit. That'll be yours tomorrow on the Black and Blue Report. Tonight on the Pelicans Radio Network flagship station, WRNO-FM. Uh, that's 99.5. It's the Alvin Gentry Show. Daniel, what have you got tonight? Well, we'll uh, like he said, we'll play some of that Dave Pash interview to kind of preview uh, what's going to happen on tomorrow's Black and Blue Report. We'll have some practice sound for you as well as the Pelicans get ready for the Spurs. We'll go over all the games happening around the league. Plus, we'll kind of go over the standings, where we are heading into tonight's stuff. And we'll also give away some tickets. If you want to go to Pelicans and Raptors on March 8th, you can do so if you want to call in. I think people forget that I believe that's Anthony Davis's bobblehead night. So is it really? Mm-hmm. Oh, so that's next Wednesday. That's next Wednesday. All right. So if you want to get in on that with some free tickets, I would call in tonight five zero four five nine three forty nine ten. Good stuff. Thank you, sir. Thank you. By the way, if you uh, if you wander by the break room and throw the king cake away, I probably won't be mad at you. It would probably help as long as you don't wrap me out. I wouldn't know. Okay. Yep. Thanks again to our guest today. Of course, John DeShazer from the NFL Scouting Combine. And uh, for our visits last night with Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday, fun to talk about a Pelican's win at the Smoothie King Center. For Daniel Sowers, and I'm Sean Kelly. Have a great rest of your Thursday. Back here tomorrow again on the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report, presented by ABC Insurance Agencies, a better choice for insurance. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at noon central or at your convenience exclusively online at pelicans.com and neworleansaints.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.